You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Brothers and sisters, uh, we have been continuing with the diseases of the heart, uh, um, translated by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, the, the manual written by Imam Mawlud. And we have covered a number of different diseases. And alhamdulillah, when looking at the book, we've actually crossed halfway. So we are doing well, alhamdulillah, in that we're sticking with things. And the idea by going through the disease of the heart is not that we become theoretical experts, but that we become people who are able to understand the knowledge that we've acquired so that we may, first of all, do introspection, look at ourselves and sort ourselves out, but also be able to guide people who we are responsible for, who people seek advice from, be it our spouses, our children, the people we may teach or people we interact with. May Allah give us the tawfiq to continue to complete this and to get the desired benefit from it. So the next disease that we have come to now is vanity. And in the poem it narrates, Vanity is the aggrandizing of some blessing while forgetting that it came from Allah. Treat it by realizing the exalted is the fashioner and the bestower of blessings. Realizing that because of your impotence you can only produce, <coughs> you can produce neither benefit nor harm. Indeed, vanity originates from one's ignorance of these two matters. The next disease of the heart is vanity, known as ujum, which is related to arrogance. Imam Ghazali holds that arrogance requires two people for its outward manifestation. The arrogant one and the one to whom the arrogance is shown. But the possessor of vanity does not need a second person. He is impressed with himself and so admires his talents, possessions, looks and status. He considers himself better than others. He exults, for example, when looking at himself in the mirror or gazing upon his accomplishments or property. Imam Maulud says that vanity is a nefarious kind of vanity in which a person rejoices in the blessing he has, he has but forgets the source of the blessing. The fact that someone has a talent uh, and is able to develop it into a higher skill or craft and achieve remarkable things does not to diminish the obvious that it is still a gift from Allah. It is part of the sunnah of Allah uh, in creation uh, that, uh, that, divide, uh, uh, that divine order woven in the fabric of existence that one must toil to refine his, his or her skills or talent. A calligrapher, for example, makes his craft appear easy to the onlooker, but one doesn't see the years of tireless preparation, perseverance and repetitive repetition to master the curves of one's letter of the Arabic alphabet, and then whole words. Then consider the various styles of calligraphy that have developed over the centuries by the great Muslim calligraphers. There are plenty of talented and refined artisans of the world who deem their work astonishing and magnificent. They think only of their long training and deceive themselves into thinking, I worked so hard and I did this all by myself. Similarly, one often finds businessmen truly talented but bold in building business, but who admire themselves, extol their financial prowess. Undoubtedly, this invites illness to the heart, for it is God who is the bestower of success and talent. <coughs> Imam al-Bayhaqi relates a statement of the Prophet ﷺ, which is said, God makes every maker and uh, what he makes. In reality, God is the creator of the marvels that people admire and attribute to the glory of humankind, forgetting that it is Allah who created the ones who produced their mar- these marvels. Realizing that Allah is the source of all blessings prevents vanity from entering the heart. A person will always find someone with more talent th- and more knowledge. And ultimately, above all those who have knowledge, is the all-knowing. That is Allah. Uh, uh, Musa Islam was asked if he was the most knowledgeable of his people, and he answered yes. Moses was then told that there was a man who had knowledge, more knowledge than him. Uh, this was Khidr, and who wasn't a prophet, but Moses, without a trace of vanity, became a student. And the story is recited, is mentioned in Surah Kaf, the surah we recite on a weekly basis at Jummah. Vanity comes from the Latin word vanus, which means empty, implying the source of our vanity is void of substance and will vanish. 
when the Roman Emperor triumphed in a battle, he put on a, a victory celebration in which the general of the battle paraded through the street. Behind him on his chariot, a slave would hold a victory laurel and whisper in the general's ear, All is vanity, thus reminding the general of the perils of vanity. It is part of the ancient wisdom to remind people that all accomplishments people praise and uh, all accomplishments that people praise and admire will perish until no one re remembers them. Charles Lindbergh, the first pilot to successfully fly across the Atlantic, was celebrated as a great hero for his famous flight. Within ten years, however, he was vilified as a criminal by the American press who falsely claimed that he was a Nazi sympathizer. How many times do we see major city, uh, cities holding massive celebrations for accomplishments of their sports teams, the huge parades, the hubris traditions of human glorification? How many of these celebrations and end up in riots, vandalism and even loss of life? What about the urban social moral, uh, morass that exists before, during and after the celebrations? To celebrate in this way is vintage vanity. There is foolishness uh, in being vain about what has, one has accomplished given its ephemeral nature. But when one is thankful to Allah and acknowledges and praises Him as a source of goodness, then the accomplishment outlasts our earthly lives and the memories of people God preserves. My respected brother's last statement uh, that I made reference to is important because what that does in fact is that it changes something that was given by Allah into recognizing it's a blessing and inshallah we get one gets reward for it because you'd recognize the creation and that you show humility. Uh, we cannot overestimate uh, the, the disease of vanity. Because at some point in time, particularly as trainees, doctors, consultants, whatever we may be in our field, it may creep in without us realizing. We don't know how, who's going to speak to us next. We don't know how we're going to respond. But what we do know is that we've all been through a period of training, whether it's an undergraduate, whether it's a postgraduate, whether it's clinical, whether it's academic, whether it's a fellowship, whether it's a junior consultant, whether it's a senior consultant. We've all gone through the process. Therefore, we value and we respect the efforts of our peers, but also have a piece of satisfaction in what we've achieved. My respected brothers and sisters, there's nothing wrong with being grateful to Allah subhanahu wa for what we've got and using it for good. Indeed, it is good, to, it, it let the hand be full of the air and the dunya, but let the heart be empty of it. But the problem arises if we think that we, it is our God-given right, or that this makes us better than someone else who doesn't have it, or gives us, uh, uh, puts us higher up in the pecking order. Yes, we may be seniors, we may be, uh, have greater status or uh, position in relation to our professional life, but that's because it, you're given it because of what you've achieved. But remember, with every uh, responsibility comes accountability, and therefore, if you not abuse what we've given, be grateful that we've got it, and try and use it to benefit ourselves and other people. Thus, using it for selfless uh, reasons, and also recognize at any point in time that when we do or are, uh, are able to achieve something, that it was Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that gave us the ability. We're well aware that there was a surgeon amongst us who was very well known and was uh, and. Uh, had uh, and was uh, re revered and, and seen as esteemed by his fellow consultants and trainees. He had a stroke. He had to start again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives ability. Allah is the one who can take it away. It is not difficult for him to give. In the same way, it's not difficult for him to take away. If he gives me something, he gives somebody else much more. It's not more of an effort on Allah's part to give the other person more. It is just as easy. There's no concept of difficulty. It's only a concept of ease with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But for us, our efforts require uh, our difficulty. So we should recognize where we, we stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make it easy for myself, my brothers, my sisters to understand our real perspective and where we really stand with things compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that we do not uh, punch above our weight. To finish off this chapter, uh, vanity originates from one's ignorance of two matters. God alone is the fashioner of giver of blessings and we human beings are incapable of accomplishing anything without Allah's will and blessing. 
If one accomplishes something, let him remember God and be grateful and not swagger his haughtiness. For if we do not humble ourselves, God will humble us. When we, uh, men and women blessed with exceptional outward beauty, they introduce ugliness uh, when they have vanity for it. When the Prophet saw a reflection of himself and, and he was a beautiful man, in fact, the most beautiful of men, uh, he would supplicate, O God, as you have made my countenance most excellent, make my character most excellent. So Imam Maulud says, to rid oneself of vanity or prevent it from entering one's heart, <coughs> reflecting long and hard on the, uh, on, on the fact that all blessings are entirely from Allah and what we cannot produce any benefit or harm without his permission. So that reiterates the point that I made, that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One thing is enjoying, one thing is, uh, taking, is having some kind of ownership or thinking that you have some right on this. Whatever you have, use it, be grateful, be happy. Let it be a means of bringing you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not the opposite. I'm not saying by make, that we forget Allah, but we think it's from us. Our heart can only have gratitude or ingratitude in it at the same time. If it has gratitude to Allah, it cannot have ingratitude. And ingratitude doesn't mean saying that I'm ungrateful to Allah. It just simply means you do not have the gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we should make our heart vessels that are only with gratitude. When it's only with gratitude, then it will only submit to Allah. Allah will grant more. Allah's promise is that He will grant more if you show gratitude. Allah's promise is if you come walking to Him, He comes running towards you. So even if you have a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can still go walking to Him. Why? Because you're acknowledging it from Him and you're, ask, and you're, you're grateful. And you ask Allah, the biggest blessing you can with this blessing that you have, is that you ask Him that He use it to do good and do things that are, which are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in that way we are, have a safety net or we are safeguarded for transgressing what we have been given. May Allah make it easy for my brothers, my sisters, above all myself, to understand and appreciate uh, this hidden disease of vanity and to be on guard for it. Inna Allah wa malaikatuhu For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.